1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendell. Bax, the alliance between the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac 12. What do you make of this, my friend?
0: What, the alliance to defeat Hulkamania or whatever we're calling it right now? I mean, we've got to come up with a name for this, right? It's not really the Rebel Alliance. I don't know. The, the, the not Southern Alliance, except the ACCs in the South. Um, the big pack, which sounds like a McDonald's promotion. I, I don't know. We'll come up with a better name for it, but uh, at the end of the day, I, this is absolutely 100% what needed to happen. Um, and you know how little I think of Kevin Warren and I'm sure that, uh, Jim Phillips and the, the gambling magnet that the PAC 12 put in charge were probably the ones who were the more pushing forces on this. Uh, but this, this alliance to defeat sec mania is Certainly in a position to try to block the SEC and ESPN master plan to try to run college football like their own little fiefdom. So I'm all for it. Now, here's the kicker, though, Dave. This isn't like anything formal other than we're having a press conference on Zoom to say we agree on things and stuff. We'd like to pretend we're going to play each other, but it's a decade out before any of that can really come into play. So I, I don't know how much it's going to be a difference versus just making a big stink about we're not going to expand the playoffs till other people get the bid on it because we don't want SEC to have them. And by extension ESPN to have a monopoly on the sport on TV. And so this is, this is a necessary pushback that needed to happen. It's better than idiotic expansion, like adding Iowa state and Kansas to the big 10 and, you know, doing other goofy things though I could see the, the PAC 12 doing something like taking Oklahoma State and TCU or something, just to add to their footprint because the Big 12, I mean, the Big 12 was essentially laughed off by these three. So good luck about that. But this is a necessary check of balance of power. And the SEC's balance of power on the money front. Look, the Big Ten until Texas and Oklahoma were added was a more profitable conference per school. People don't realize that. But the SEC has long been in bed with its master at ESPN. And this is the only way we're going to get that pushback needed to. Bring in Fox, bring in NBC, bring in these other conglomerates who need to be a part of the sport to take ESPN's control out of it, and more importantly, take their control of the narrative out of it. Because otherwise, the whole the SEC is the big time, and the everybody else isn't. Narrative is going to get out of control. When the reality is, you know, let's face it, they added an Oklahoma team that usually gets smoked in big games, and a Texas team that's been mediocre in the Big Twelve for a decade. That's not exactly anything great beyond the fact they bring massive fan bases and a ton of tradition. So this needed to happen. I'm glad it's happening. I'm not really sure what they're going to do other than looking at the SEC out of the corners of their eyes. Like, don't think about it. But it's a start. I'll give them that. It is a start.
1: Yeah, I do like them firing back against uh, the SEC. And, you know, kudos to the SEC. When you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, all you can do is tip your cap to that. So what do you think is the next step? You alluded to this a little bit. I mean, this is all about TV. This is all about money. Um, Do you think one of these conferences will add – some of the leftovers from the Big 12. Like, what is the next step here, Bax?
0: Well, I think the next step is is that these three are going to combine to push back on any playoff expansion until the contract that they currently have with ESPN runs out. I think their goal is to not re-up with ESPN blindly like the SEC wants. I have said from the start that this didn't happen in the order the SEC wanted. The SEC's plan, without question, was to force a 12-team playoff agreement, right, And by the way, that 12-team playoff idea, the four guys who were in the room talking about it, none of them were the ACC, Pac-12, or Big Ten commissioners. None of those three leagues were involved in this. So this is something they haven't really had their hands in. So when the, the recommendation came to have 12 teams and six champs and yay, all that other fun stuff, there was no talk about limits of teams per conference. So if this had been expanded to 12 without limits of teams per conference and ESPN had its bid on it, when Texas and Oklahoma you know, pulled the red wedding on the Big 12, and swap to the SEC, the SEC would have then been in position with a television partner who would have been actively shilling for four to six SEC teams every single year in this playoff. That was what they wanted to do. But the cat got out of the bag, whether it was Aggie leaking it to the Houston Chronicle in a desperate attempt to not let Texas in their fun playhouse, or the Chronicle just figuring it out on its own, or somebody get talking when they shouldn't have. However it happened, the order of this, the order of operations was certainly supposed to be expand the playoff first with this system and get ESPN on board and then have Texas and Oklahoma jump ship. This is the wrong order. So now that the cat's out of the bag and their sneaky little plan was laid bare, this is the natural of we're going to trust, but we're going to verify at this point and band together to make sure that we can't get picked off anymore. And by doing so you, you prevent these leagues from needing to expand. But like I said, there's going to be a little bit of picking over the big 12 carcass from the pac 12 is my guess. Because it, the only way they can expand is Eastward at this point. And Oklahoma State and, and TCU seem like prime candidates to me. But for the Big Ten, no, screw that. We don't need to expand. We don't need Iowa State. We don't need Kansas. We don't need any of that crap. Leave it at 14 and stay together. United as a front here to get this set so that when the playoff rebid comes up, even if it goes to 12, you're going to see a three or four team limit per conference, which the SEC doesn't want. And then it's going to go to an open bidding, which is going to allow partners like Fox, who have invested interest in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and backing them and their narratives opposite what ESPN has done since it climbed into bed with the SEC in the mid-aughts to be able to give college football a bit more balance of power compared to the structure we have right now, which is everything climbing uphill against the SEC Southern dominance. By the way, this alliance talked about playing bowl games and championship games up north for once, which we've all been screaming about for my entire life. So there's some next steps to come here. It'll be interesting to see, though, if they can all hold together united as a front through each of these different mazes they have to walk through.
1: All right, let's switch gears and talk some Buckeye football. Eight days away from the opener. feels great to say that. Let's start with C.J. Stroud. We'll get into Minnesota in a second. C.J. Stroud, what are your expectations for C.J. Stroud this season?
0: To be the best quarterback in the Big Ten full stop like is that fair high guy who's never thrown a pass before you now have to be the best yes. person yes one of these conferences but it's absolutely fair because he has the most weapons he has the best offensive line he has the best running game he has the greatest set of wide receivers in one room in the big 10 in a very very long time uh right now it's an extraordinary situation to walk into as a new quarterback and by the way stroud's no slouch this isn't some three-star kid we're hoping can hold it together This is a kid who rocketed up in the recruiting rankings in high school. I mean, if it had been another two more months, he might have finished in the top 10 the way he was moving upwards. So this is a very talented player who was already the de facto backup last year. When we went down the stretch and somebody had to come in for Fields due to injury, it was Stroud. This is the foregone conclusion. And now I fully expect him. He might not be quite Justin Fields, but he's going to be damn close because the way Ohio State out-talents everybody and the way Ryan Day coaches quarterbacks, yes, He's had two straight num- first-round draft picks. And he's going to have another one coming up here, I think, in C.J. Stroud in two years. I think Stroud is going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten if he stays healthy. That is my expectation. Welcome to Ohio State.
1: So Minnesota in eight days. Buckeyes are favored by 14 and a half, right around there, depending on what site you look at. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I, I'm pretty high on Minnesota. I feel like for Ohio State, I feel good that this is not hidden in the schedule. I don't care if you're playing Akron, you're going to get up for the opener. Uh, Youngstown State, you're going to get up for the opener.'re um, the Buckeyes are going to be up for this. If this was like hidden behind Penn State or another game that was like a natural game that like you would automatically get up for, I might be a little worried about it, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is I'm overlooking this game. Minnesota's a good team. What are your thoughts on this opener in eight days Bax?
0: Well, I think Minnesota's one of the sneakiest teams in the Big Ten. They're in a division where everybody's talking about Iowa and Wisconsin. Rightfully so. They're both very good football teams. Minnesota two years ago was a revelation. They had to pay PJ Fleck an absurd amount of money to stick around. And everybody goes, well, they sucked last year. It's Minnesota. If you look at what actually happened with that program, like they didn't have their kicking team. The two, two of the only games they got to play, like they all were coveted out. Uh, it just was a really weird year uh, from understand their quarterback's family had some health issues. He was all worried about all year when, I think they only played like five games last year. It was a mess for Minnesota. And by the way, something else that people don't talk about, but you know had to be a factor, is that team was located a mile or two from the center of of the George Floyd situation. You think that wasn't weighing heavily on a large group of young, mostly African-American men? I mean, come on. There's a lot of things that were going on for Minnesota last year that pretty easily explains what happened to them last season. I think they're a damn good football team. I'm relieved Rashad Bateman left early for the NFL. Because, I mean, he was, I think, an early second-round pick. He's a really, really key player for them. But they're still a really good late team. Late first like, round,
1: yeah. The Ravens took I mean, him in late the late first, first round. Team. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, he's a, he was a big-time guy. And, by the way, Muhammad Ibrahim is the best running back in the Big Ten, not on Ohio State's roster, for my money. And nobody seems to think about that. He had, I believe, one of the highest uh, yards, or yards per carry last year. And I think he averaged, like, two-plus touchdowns a game in the few games they got to play. So he's a really good player. There's a lot of talent on this Minnesota team. And I agree with you, Dave. If this was a game, the second week of November, on the heels of a trip to Happy Valley or playing Wisconsin or whatever, this would be a scary-ass game. The reality for this, though, like you said, it's opening night, national spotlight. I think it's going to be a lot like that Indiana game a couple years ago where J.K. Dobbins had his big breakout night where the first half was a little tense and then they kind of ran away with the game. The talent took over. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in fact less close than that Indiana game owing to the fact that that Indiana game was only close because the only offense we had was JK Dobbins running the ball because the passing game under a quarterback whose name I won't mention because it causes everybody to lose their mind. uh, Wasn't getting itself together till the second half. I expect Stroud to have a lot of success early because I do think that's a weak spot for Minnesota but I'm glad this is at the start of the year because this is the kind of scary big 10 West road game that you want nothing to do with in late October or or, or early November. Look at all the games that Ohio state has lost that have been really soul crushers that aren't Penn state in the last 15 years. They're all big 10 West road games at Wisconsin in 2010, right? At Purdue in 2018, right? It's all the Iowa, 2017, The JT Barrett four interception game right after they beat Penn State, right? Those are the scary games, man. And I'm so glad this is at the start of the schedule because this team will be up to play. This will be, you'll get an A effort from OSU. You'll get A focus from OSU. I'm glad it's the opener though because this is a Minnesota team that could easily win 10 games this year.
1: Yeah, I like this Gopher team a lot. I'm not going to like them in eight days, but I like them overall a lot. I like PJ Fleck too, I do. I know he's a polarizing figure, up, but I like him. I'll never forget like when uh, Tress was like at 06, like when Fleck was like a quality control coach, he's like, Tress was like, talked to us for like two minutes. He's like, now I'm gonna turn it over to PJ Fleck. All right. We're like, who is this guy? You know, and he came out with like all this energy. And now you can see why Tress was hyping him up. All right, yeah, last thing. He came thing.
0: Out like a pro wrestler at a, com- uh, a coach's press conference. <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: like, who is this guy? He's pretty confident. Oh, what you a future, gonna do when Fleck runs wild on you? I bet he could never win at Western Michigan, and then he has a 13-1 and season at Western Michigan, which is not easy to do in Kalamazoo. All right, last thing. Linebackers was my biggest concern entering camp. I'm starting to hear some decent things about the linebackers. I still need to see it before I believe it. What are your thoughts overall on the linebackers? Who are you intrigued
0: by? Well, I'm going to start by saying the fact that Taraja Mitchell was named the captain is a relief. Because that means they think he's going to be a major role player on this team, right? They, they could have easily picked a bunch of other players who have experience to be captains instead of him. So if they think he's good enough to be listed as a captain, and I know the argument against that's that Cam Babb's also a captain, but he's such an inspirational story, even if he's not going to play a lot, having stuck with it the way he has. But the fact that Mitchell's a captain on D means he's going to be a starter this year. It means they feel like he's separating himself. That's a start. Uh, another name I think really is going to be interesting to see because my biggest concern, just like you going into camp was these linebackers. We just hadn't heard much about them the early part of camp either. I feel like Cody Simon's going to be a guy this year though, for OSU that look, he was a higher, high, high level recruit. He's been here for a year. I think it's the second year in the program now. And he's, I think he's a guy who could have a really strong year this year. Another guy we heard a lot about back in the spring was Tommy Eikenberg. I think he could be another guy when he gets on the field could make a big difference. And then when you factor in the bullet position, Dave, I mean, Craig Young, from the second he was committed to Ohio state, we all went hybrid linebacker safety role. Like that's a bullet, right? Like we looked at Craig Young and it was instantly what everybody thought he was going to be. So, you know, and by the way, if PG ever gets a little closer to actually being uh, allowed to play by the NCAA, that'll only help our depth at the position. I think a young guy like Reed Carrico is eventually going to keep working his way up, but, Mitchell and Simon are the two I think you're gonna probably see. I, I I'm I'm more optimistic now than I was a week and a half ago. But like you, I still gotta see it, you know. This is this is still the biggest question mark to me. But the whole defense really is you know, outside the D line. We gotta see it to believe it after the way last year went with the worst Ohio State defense of my life. So optimism is couched with the fact that we saw everything we did last year, but I'm feeling better now than I did a week or two ago, that's for sure
1: great stuff from the people's champ Matt Baxendale you can catch his column every Sunday it is the bucket it is must read material thank you very much to Bax thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in the show we appreciate that very much hope everyone has a great day let's hear that Buckeye swag best damn band in the land